Welcome back to Talking Ackies. We have a fantastic episode today. We have Academy Director George Cairns on the podcast and we're going to ask George about the conveyor belt of success that's been coming through the Hamilton Youth Academy for many years now. What's different from our academy to other academies? How is he different with players that perhaps other academy directors are with their players? And let's just find out really the secrets of the success of the Hamilton Academical Youth Academy. George, I'm going to take you back to the start and really just ask you about how you get into coaching overall. Uh, it started with my, my son, uh, Alan Cairns. I uh, helped coach his local boys club, uh, Claybank Boys Club. And from there, took more of an interest and, and helped with the parents and obviously helped with a wee bit of the coaching. And he was then selected to come in and try out for, for Hamilton under-10s at that time. And at that time, uh, we brought him through here, and, and it more or less started from there, basically. So, as a parent then, of a of a young potential football star? As a parent, when I came in, uh, the coach uh, was taking a team at the time, had two teams going at the same time, uh, and offered uh, or volunteered my help to go and give him a hand on the pitch if he, if he wished it. And he said, yeah, I'd appreciate me coming in. He took one team and I took the other. And then the following week, I met Les Gray, who at that time was a director of youth football at Hamilton Ackies. At that time we were starting up, that would have been probably about 13, 12, 13 years ago. And from there, uh, I was introduced into one of the wee satellite centres back in Scotston. At that time we didn't train at the pitch and different things, and then from there it just uh, stonewalled on from there. So obviously you worked alongside um, Frankie McAvoy. Um, Frankie's now at Preston with Alec Neal. When you were coming in, that sort of... Coaching level, Frankie would have been in charge of youth for a while, yeah? At the time, it would have been Les Gray, who was okay. the director of youth, and there was a chap called John Bean, who was our uh, head of youth at the time. And from there, John Bean moved on, and uh, Frankie then stepped into the, the head of youth role. And from there, it was uh, more or less Frankie. I worked under Frankie for, for a good three or four years at youth level. I took the under-11s, then became the 12s, and then into 13s, and then 14s. Basically, I took them for four years, I think. Uh, three or four years I took the same team uh, along with other coaches but at that time we were just starting out and uh, you know it progressed from there Frankie was in charge at the time and then Frankie was obviously a big influence and in, in put me through my badges and then offered me uh, a full time slot of coming in and helping manage the academy along with Frankie because it got a bit hectic for Frankie with community programmes and all the different things that the club try and run uh, here and Frankie spoke to Les and Les offered me a job to come in and try and uh, work in the academy uh, manager what, what was Frankie like when you were working with him um, was there wee things that you'd take taken from his way of working or was it a case of when Frankie then moved on you wanted to implement your way you know did you take did you kind of suck some things in like a sponge yeah you, you, you I had a great relationship with Frankie Frankie so I, st I still speak to Frankie on a regular basis once a week Frankie's like my, uh, one of my best pals in football uh, and at the time uh, under Frankie was a case of uh, just just learning, learning as much as possible. Uh, he would let you go and do your own thing, change things here and there, and how the academy would work. Uh, swap coaches over here and there, and and uh, it got to the stage where you know I was more or less doing the academy. Well, Frankie was working with the first team at the time was Bill Reed, and uh, Stuart Taylor would have been part of that coaching team as well. And Frankie helped them. Uh, I helped Frankie take the under 19s at that time as well. And from there, stonewalled on for there. If you're taking, you took, I took a, a lot of things from Frankie, and you had some of your own as well, some of your own as well. To be fair, you worked under 
four managers at Hamilton, Billy Reid, Alec Neal, Martin Cannon, and now obviously Brian Rice in the head coach position. For yourself, these are obviously, first of all, these are four completely different types of guys, um, but every one of them has bought into the whole youth system. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're, they're, they're four different four different managers. Billy was uh, one way back at the start. Uh, Billy was really good with the youth. And, uh, you know, he implemented things also the first team. Billy gave a lot of starts to a lot of youth players as well back then. And, you know, all the managers build into the philosophy of what we have at the football club. But that comes from the top. That comes from the owners of the football club who implement the importance of trying to get the kids through our system and trying to get kids playing in our first team, trying to get kids, obviously, uh, into international squads and different things. And back then, that's what it was about. Uh, we then moved from Billy on to Alec. I'd worked with Alec for a long time here anyway. Alec was a player here. He'd been here 10 years, I think. Uh, Alec was a great club captain, great football player, great football brain. And obviously when Billy left, uh, Alec took the job and, and Alec was a was a huge influence in, in me taking the, the, the youth job here. Uh, I'd sat down with Alec a few times and uh, Frankie then moved into Alec's uh, sort of managerial slots. And I then took over from the youth from there. So Alec played a big part in, in what we do. Uh, and Alec bought into a lot of the things that we do as well. And, and to be fair, Alec played a, a, a lot of our youth players as well. He also coached our under-17s, Alec. So he knew how the, the youth worked. He also coached the 20s. So he knew what we were about. He knew how to get the best out of the players. And then obviously Alec's moved on to greater and better things. And you can see that just now. He's doing really well at Preston. Just now working alongside Frankie. And from there... Martin then took the job, and I worked four years with Martin. But I knew Martin really well. Uh, I don't, I don't like change. People would say, you know, the change is, is is no great. It takes me a bit of time to to adjust to the change, and then you're changing to another manager after getting used to to having that manager. You then moved into, but Martin knew me well enough to think, you know, changes changes good jobs. We'll 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 work through this. And to be fair, Martin was great. Martin played a lot of the kids as well. Martin came through our our academy system as well. To be honest with you, Martin Martin coached. Our 17s as well, done our 20s, and then obviously took the first team job as well. And uh, Martin was very successful in implementing a lot of our youth kids uh, through the system. And then from there, obviously, Brian's come in. Uh, Brian knows a lot about youth football. Brian watches a lot of games. And uh, Brian's basically bought into what our football club's about. And it's about promoting our youth. Uh, Brian buys into that. Brian works a hell of a lot at night with our kids. And watch a lot with our coaches, takes time to know our coaches, takes time to ask about our kids, takes time to, to watch what we do in the academy. And he's implemented a few great ideas already. We haven't been in here this, uh, well I'm saying short spell of time, I think he's been here about a year, year and a half. But certainly he's implemented a lot of changes in the academy as well. You know, we, we always think the academy does well every year. We do well, but how do we make it better? And uh, we seem to always we, we, we change it and tweak it here and there to see if we can get it a wee bit better. We always do that. We always look for room for improvement to, to carry it on. But, you know, at the end of the day, the most important people are our kids and the hope that we can try and give them a, a full-time contract at the end of their, their stint through our academy. Do, do you think it's easier for you as a academy director, head of youth, to, to suggest one of the youth players to go forward for the first team more so than other teams, given the way our structure is here? Our structure's good, to be fair. If you go through the structures of the managers, all managers all, all, all managers in our first-team environment already know they're great kids, our kids are good players, because they've watched games. Alec Neil watched lots of youth games. Every youth games. I can remember even being out, maybe even being short a coach at 14s. One, one Sunday, Alec would step in and go and take your under-14s. He would do that. Uh, and I found that, that, that all managers will, will, will implement 
their wee bits and balls, but generally, well, not generally, they know, all managers know their better players that's coming through the system, you know. We have uh, plenty of uh, photos and different things all about our stadium, promoting our youth and what we do here, uh, and managers generally buy into that. Oh, great. You have got a, a very unique relationship um, with, the, obviously, the, the full academy, straight down to the under-10s, but you've got a great relationship with the first team, uh, the guys bounce off you. It's kind of like you're the you're the good cop and the bad cop. Um, but what I want to dabble into here a wee bit more is you're really really close with Boozy and Potsy. It's like you're a bit of a trio. Uh, you know I've got videos of you dancing on the pitches at St Mirren <laughs> pre match, and it it just seems like uh, a relationship that perhaps fans and and the media won't see. They'll not know much about this. But is that important for you? Because Boozy's obviously a huge part of the academy. Potsy's more or less the goalie coach for the whole club. So I take it it's, it's important to have a good friendly relationship with your colleagues. That's important. It's really important. Uh, these two guys are, are, are really important to me. Doug Yamney's another one that's important yeah. to me as well. There's, there's lots of guys down there that are really important to me. Uh, a lot of people don't know the real me. They don't know me. Uh, they may think they'll see me and think, oh, oh I don't want to go and speak to George, oh, he looks a wee bit, you know. When people really get to know me, they kind of see the kind of person that I am. And, and these guys will, 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 will vouch for that, you know, the, your Brian Potters and your, and your boozies, you're right, we do have a laugh and, and we come to work and we like to have a laugh and we like to enjoy it. We like to work and we work hard, uh, you know. These guys are the same as myself, they'll, 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 they'll come in here the same as a manager, quarter to seven. And uh, generally we'll leave at quarter past nine, sometimes ten o'clock at night because we take the time and care to go and make sure we're doing the things right and we and we want to make sure that the kids are getting the right treatment and the kids are, are obviously looking to try and go and progress through the system. So we tend to do that. Myself, I tend to get to know people. Most of the kids up in the first team environment I've had since they were nine, so I know how they work. I know what took them. I know they're having good days. I know they're having bad days. And I think it's important that, 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 that coaches in this day and age uh, are able to, to talk to their kids and they're able to listen to their kids because that's really important. The kids may have an off day or whatever and it's great if you can notice that to try and help that off day. If you can at any point, that's a bonus. But uh, I think it's important that you don't take life too seriously. You know, you come to work and, and you go and do the necessary stuff to try and get you through the day, obviously. You work hard, you try and do the things to implement at the start of the week or whatever. You know, we have a structure where we actually know what we're going to be doing two or three days down the line. These two guys uh, are funny guys. Uh, I spend a lot of time off the pitch with them and I spend a lot of time on the pitch with them uh, and, and Doogie's obviously included in that as well uh, but you'll have other people at the stadium as well you'll have the, the Jimmy Thompsons, the Sean Fagans that work in the office, the, the Lisas, the Colm McGowns that people don't see people don't see these people that, that work behind the scenes that help make a game uh, tick on a Saturday, you know, they'll not see these people all these people play, play a huge part as well You know, there's, there's some some days on off days where I'll sit up in a, an office with Jimmy and Sean and bounce off a few ideas or whatever a few problems that I may be having or whatever what do you think, and I think it's important that if you've got that relationship with most people you know, you can get through your days pretty easy but I think you've got to surround yourself with guys that you get on with, surround yourself with guys that don't necessarily always agree with you mm -hmm. because sometimes it's good to get guys that say no I don't agree with that George I would maybe try and do it that way and uh, you know I think that helps It then goes on to my next sort of area where certainly from from my two years at the club um, what I've taken in is we've got quite a tight ship here um, it takes you quite a while to get somebody's respect but when you get the respect they'll do anything for you is that, I guess, is this sort of the stuff you're drumming into the kids when they're coming in at the, the, the under-10s, 
you know, is that the first thing? It's respect, and then they but it goes to another year, and before you know it, they're Scott McMahon, they're twenty three. He's got twelve thousand odd minutes under his belt, and you know him inside it. It helps. It helps. You know, you've got you've got to have a structure. You need to have a structure. Yeah, the discipline needs to be in that structure as well. Uh, and that's important. And it's important that you know you you. you and the importance is you communicate with your kids. No kids will go through your system. No kids will make it into the first team. But what you got to try and do is the ones that don't. Can you help them find another club? Can you can you help them keep in football, which is important because I think we lose a lot of kids in football uh, through not being picked in teams and not being kept on, and sometimes kids uh, generally going to move on to other things, which is it's not a bad thing. But I think we should try and keep the good kids that we have in football and try and keep them involved in football and the great thing for me is, is, is finding a level for the kids finding a level where they can play my son started in the academy level uh, and now plays for Ashfield Juniors you know what I mean and he still enjoys playing football and I think that's the most important thing I have another son who plays for uh, the Chapel Amateurs was in Greenock Morton's youth system as well as long as they're playing they're healthy and they enjoy playing I think that's the most important part for me they respect the different things you'll, you you've got to earn that as a coach you've got to you've got to earn the trust of your players and that comes both ways so while you're trying to earn the trust of your players they are hopefully trying to earn the trust of their coach where they can come and ask their coach anything or whatever you know whatever they need to help or whatever can they speak to someone these, these these are all important for young kids we have them in here at eight and nine i think it's really important to create a safe environment for these kids to come and enjoy themselves and then express themselves don't be scared to, to go and try something. It doesn't work. That's okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't work. It's, it's it's important that we we try and encourage as much as possible. In this day and age, I don't think we encourage our kids enough. I don't think as a nation we encourage our kids enough. I think we always look for negatives in our kids when we should really be looking for positives because there's lots of positives. Absolutely. Uh, I guess that's without giving your secrets away. What makes our academy so unique? Because when you look at it in black and white, I think we've got players that have came through our system that's playing for 9 out of 12 teams in this league in the top flight in Scotland. You've got two at Crystal Palace in the English Premiership. That's that's not a common thing. No, it's 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 no. And you're right, if you look at it... Uh we have kids in other environments that are playing other environments. We have, you know, we have Greg Dockery playing for Hibs at the moment. Doing really well on loan from Rangers. You'll, you'll have Michael Devlin. Uh, you'll have Lewis Ferguson, both playing for Aberdeen. Uh, you'll have Eamon Brophy for Kilmarnock. As usually like they said, you've got the two kids playing for Crystal Palace as well. You'll have Lee Days. Uh, you'll have Darren uh, Lyons, both playing at Community of the South. You know, you, you, we, we've got kids playing at levels all over the place. You know, and I think that's a great credit to ourselves. When you look at that, you know, when I watch the, the, the games on Saturday and you see obviously Aberdeen going through and I'm looking at two of my academy kids, or our academy kids, sorry, going into another semi-final against Celtic in the hope that these guys can go and kick on and go into a final. I also look at Greg Dockery who's done really well for Hibs in the hope that, you know, they can then go and make a final. There's nothing better than watching one of your kids uh, playing in somebody else's environment. Way the standards and the, the things that you set them off in life uh, as a young kid and you hope they, they maintain their standards you know you get into different environments where you hope that they you know they, 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 they keep the discipline they keep the standards the bits the, the hard school and ox that they've come through that they hope they can go and try and get something at the game and that's our hope as coaches our hope as an academy because he's no point for, for Hamilton Aki's doesn't mean we don't care you know of course yeah. we care and I keep in contact with all of the kids uh, as much as I can uh, I think that's important and that's what makes us different, you know. We makes us different because I think we care. I'm not saying other academies don't care, but we're kind of small, 
Uh, our budget's only hugely high. Uh, the bits where we can be 100% as they care in and they're looking after them, the safe environment, and obviously where we train is a, is a bonus for us. You know, we train at the football stadium where I think there's nothing better than company training, where you're in the middle of that football pitch, playing in games or whether it's in training, there can't be anything better. Yeah, most people, when, when anybody asks me, um, the first thing I sort of say is, everybody's treated equal. Um, your full-time 18s are in here, they're next door to the boys that are on the other end of the pitch, they're eating at the same time. Uh, are these the wee factors that that help to make these boys feel that they are part of the first team? I think they help. I think the being together helps. The being in the same room helps. Being with their equals, you know, there's nothing better than a couple of guys playing in the pool table along with a first team player. You know, we don't, we, I know we have first team, we have first team, we have 20s, we have development squads, you have under 18s, but the building is, is, is blessed with loads of pictures all over the place. Uh, we're academy kids, we're first team kids, we, we're different things that's happened. Uh, through the years that we've been here and I think it's important that, 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 that kids can sit down and have a conversation with a first team coach, with a first team manager a first team manager uh, was at a meeting a couple of weeks ago and stressed that uh, he's a first team coach uh, but on his door it says coach Brian Rice and that goes for every single player at the, at the stadium whether it be a, a, an under 8s, an under 9s, an under 10s you know his name's on that door, chat with the door if you've got a problem you want to ask him, he can try and help, he'll He'll obviously try and help you best he can, but that's I think that's what makes us different. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to take you back to the undefeated, um, the Invincibles. Uh, first of all, what a team. Um, I just missed them when I had come in. I was lucky to get the glory side of it and go out and witness them play in the UEFA Youth League. But I want to go back just before the Youth League. How that's a team there where you know, you've got Lewis Smith, um, Andrew Winter, Jamie Hamilton... Um, George Stanger there's so many boys that have now went on to play senior football from that group what made that year so special we're talking before the youth league so we'll get to the youth league what makes it special is before the youth league what makes it special teams before that made it special to be fair some of those kids played in some of the, the younger the younger age groups the ones before them you know, they always people always say me the invincible year. They were a great team. I always go back sometimes to the '95 age group, which I think was a was a fantastic age group. You know, with a lot of good players in there, the Mikey Thompsons, the Stephen Hendrys, you know, the Craig uh, Watsons that played captain captains East Fife just now. With a lot of great great teams, great players in that team back then, and it's still no order. You, you you learn from those teams. You know, the Shooter Kits who then went on to play for Rangers, the Dominic Greens who then left us to go and play for Celtic, the Ryan Finneys. Uh, we lost a few players to to, to bigger clubs uh, back then, which doesn't happen now. Uh, but you know, I think it's still more from that. And you look to improve it, you improve it, and you try to keep improving. As you keep improving, you come across other squads. And if we go into that squad that, that that qualified for the Champions League, they were a fantastic squad. And if you look at the like where they came from, you know, and what they did was was unbelievable. I mean, for people to to, to actually sit back and think that like, you know we went through a full season, unbeaten, a full season against Celtic Rangers Aberdeen, you know, all your top clubs, in the elite tiers that season, and were unbeaten, and qualified for the Champions League under 19s, which was for 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 Hamilton Aki's football club was a was a huge achievement. The club were fantastic. 
uh, you know, from, from Ronnie McDonald to Colin McGowan to, to, to Les Gray to Alan Maitland, now our chairman, who all supported that week in, week out. And the difference between these guys and the wee bits that you that always stick in my mind, and these guys would go and attend the games, they still do attend the games. The Ronnie McDonalds will come along and watch the under-11s on a wet, rainy day. The Les Grays would do it, the Alan Maitlands does it. You know, these are people that, that, that have, have other things, other passions you know, watching our young kids go through. But they were a special group band for some strange reason. I don't know how that works. They just there was just days where they just they just could never be beat. They would never accept being one nothing done uh, and getting beat. They just could not accept that and for some strange reason hard work plays a part, the coach plays a huge part, but the kids play one hundred percent part in that and what they achieved was was absolutely phenomenal for this football club. So we get into the UEFA Youth League, we get drawn against Bow. Um, the first leg was over there it was a two each draw Adam Douglas of all players Adam Douglas scoring both uh, both goals did you were you hopeful that we could have been over there and got a result I was hopeful we're always with that, with that squad to be fair with any squad that I've ever been involved in and always always trying to do this with coaches I, I believe that the, you, you, you never go into a game thinking you can lose the game or, or we always I'm, I'm always confident in getting into games with that squad, I was always confident, no matter who was put down in front of us, I knew we could score goals, uh, I knew we could defend, I knew we would play 90 minutes, I knew we could be in their faces, I knew that all, all, all the things that we knew about that squad, it was a case of something new for us, we're now going to go and put our winks against another country, you could say, another culture, uh, another environment, which I think was beneficial for, for, for those kids. Uh, going back to that, I think we played in the half tournament with those kids. I don't think I know we played in the half tournament in France uh, with some of those kids as well, and they won that tournament over there with a lot of good players. So I knew we could go and compete, play dif- different cultures, uh, and was pretty confident that we could go and get something out of the game. And I think we scored in the first five minutes of the game to go one nothing up, and it was Adam Douglas to be fair, fullback, uh, who did very well in the game. And as I said, you know, you you then go on, and I think we ended up that went one each, and then two one to them, and then. Uh, Adam scored mm-hmm. the next one from, from Lewis Smith uh, from across so for me they I didn't have any problems with them. They, I knew they could achieve something achieving and getting into it was, was huge for us mm-hmm. for, for our chairman to sit in Switzerland and, and wait for the draw for our, our club to come out I think it was a huge achievement uh, proud of the fact that we did that and, and even more prouder when we, we went and Got the result over there as well, and then obviously get the result at home to take us into the next the next stage. Yeah, so that's what I talk about the result at home. Um, arguably, one of the best nights I think New Douglas Park's ever seen. Um, we had three thousand odds. Three and a half. Three and a half. You keep me right. Um, <laughs> unbelievable, um, and I think everybody's got their own unique memory of that. Obviously, for when Sean Sean Slavin goes up and scores the equaliser to take us into a penalty shootout, Ross Connolly saved two penalties. To contribute, um, everybody's got their own memory that night. My memory is standing at the dugout, but jumping up and doing my boozy. But what's your memory from that night? Uh, my memory is quite a funny memory uh, regarding that. When we scored the goal, and the goal was a fantastic goal, I've still got it on my phone and I watch it every now and again. It still puts the hairs up in the back of my neck to believe that the, the, the ball player would be crazy enough to, to lose the ball where he did. Uh, we again we then scored the goal and when Sean puts the goal in uh, Brian Potter the goalkeeping coach jumps on top of me and says that's us through that's us through and he convinced me we were through until I thought no no it's going to penalties Brian we're no through and then when I uh, 
told him, no, no, Brian, we go. He went, ah, oh, I'll not tell you exactly what he says, but he went, ah, oh, mm, you're right, we're no. It goes to penalties. But when I think about the penalties, and, and, and Brian will, will vouch for this, I knew that Ross would save a penalty. He saved a couple. Ross has saved a lot of penalties for me through, through the years, to be fair. He'd done it in a La Havre tournament for us to win in France. Uh, he's done it in many other occasions. He did it in that league campaign at Celtic. We beat them one nothing at Barrafield and Ross saved a penalty in the first half to keep the 1-0 lead and we won the game one nothing. So there's been many occasions where Ross has actually uh, kept the team in it, got us the three points. And that day, I just thought, mm, he could he could do something here. And to be fair, I was right. He saved the, the two penalties. And, and thanks to him, we, we got ourselves into the next round. We did. And we went over to Michelin in Denmark. Um, easily a, a much, much tougher team, uh, as we later found out, that they actually went on to knock out the winners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but going over there was a bit different from Bal because we actually got to play in their first team stadium. Yeah. Um, we got to experience that. Do you think the boys learned a lot from that? Obviously, Bal was great and stuff, but I think Michelin was a wee, wee step above in terms of just getting to see a, a European environment. Yeah, no, it was, a, it was, a, it was another different culture. Uh, you know, the, the bus ride to Aberdeen and then obviously the plane ride in from Aberdeen to... to and the Denmark. private jet yeah and the private jet yeah <laughs> yeah we one of those jets that looked like a private jet and then when we sent the picture out by phone people were asking why oh, the club have got a private jet yeah. they actually believed that it was a private jet for some strange yeah. reason but it, it worked mm-hmm. it got us a laugh uh, at the time and to be fair you're right it was a different culture it was a tougher game that night uh, we lost a couple of couple of silly goals that we should probably never have lost but uh, to be fair to the kids the kids dug deep I think we were 2 nothing down with 20 minutes into the game and I felt, oh, this could be this could be a toughie, but the kids dug deep. And to be fair, their keeper kept them in the game. But he made a lot of crucial saves last 10, 15 minutes of the game. Uh, you know, if we'd maybe a nicked one over there, then who knows what happened when they make it back to the home leg. But when we got back here for the home leg, uh, we certainly scored. Uh, and we had a chance, but mm, we probably let ourselves down a wee bit. We should have been maybe been more in their face and, and had a go at them. We kind of sat back a wee bit. So that's probably one of my most disappointing mm-hmm. memories of that campaign. I think the second game here, I thought we should have maybe have maybe have done a wee bit more in the game. I was pretty disappointed by that one. That one still still sits in me thinking, mm, I'm, I'm not too happy with that. We should maybe have did a wee bit better. The question is, is can they do it again? It's tough. It's always tough. I think Rangers qualified for it uh, last season. They won the league. If I always look at the campaigns for the, for, for the kids, you know, when this started, I think the first time we ended up third. Second time we ended up second. We should have won it the time we, 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 we finished second. We'd Ryan Tierney who was banging goals in for fun. And, you know, there were a good bunch of kids back then as well. And then the third year we, we, we won it. We had an invincible season. Uh, you start again. You know, we've got a new batch of kids just now. And, you know, we're, we're not struggling, but we're, we're, we're certainly learning. And uh, they're young, you know, some of the kids that are out playing 18s football now have still got done our two years at 18. So your hope is that they'll do what the others do, try and learn as much as possible and hope that you can, you can. I would never say you can never win an our campaign. I think we're, 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 we could do that. Of course we could. When you look at your team, obviously we touched on it earlier, but I mean, when you look at um, Ross Connolly, he's out getting experience and out Ben Bourbon loan. Kieran McAndrew, he's out on loan. You've got Leon McCann starting every week for Airdrie. Lewis Smith has scored twice against Rangers. Andy Winter has broke through. Jamie Hamilton's down at Brighton, you know, getting that experience in. That must be great, sitting looking at that and going, wow, this is a, that, that really was, you know, it wasn't wasted. 
if that makes sense. And even the ones that might have not, look at Adam Douglas, for example, he'll never forget that, will he? That memory's always going to be in his mind for the rest of his life. Kids will always have that memory, and that's when I, I go way back to the, to the Lahar tournament. I think we won that two years in a row. And at that time, we had likes of Rico Katongo, Stephen Conley. There's a lot of good players in that team as well. You know, the Jamie Boyds, uh, Taylor Wilson. Uh, you know, there was a lot of good kids in that one. And I always say, you know, when you went away and done or achieved something like that, it's always a great memory. You'll always have that as a memory. No one can ever take that away for you. The following year, we won it again. Uh, a different group of kids. And that's what I always say, you know, when you win these things, because these things don't come along every day. Yeah. They come along you know, in the hope that you can try and go and do something in the tournament, try and win the tournament, but we, we, we try to gain a lot of experience uh, in the hope that we can learn. And I think these tournaments helped us learn for the other group to go on. And as I said, you, you, you go and you you achieve under-19s football, you're playing in the biggest domestic tournament you could ever play in youth football because there's nothing any bigger than under-19s uh, Champions League. Yeah, agreed. There's no another bigger tournament than that. You've achieved something. You're representing your country in that tournament, which is a you know a lot of these kids don't have caps for their country, but a lot of these kids now have represented their country in a major tournament. And there's a lot of kids will never ever be able to experience something like that, you know. And these kids have experienced that, and I think they did really well. Going into international call-ups, then you know we've had um, Michael Devlin, Eamon Brophy as of late. Lewis Ferguson's definitely champing the door of the first team. You know, he's playing with under-21s. We've got our own Lewis Smith involved with the 21s. Jamie's been involved with the 19s. I think we got right, didn't we? Young Chrissy McGinn at 16s. So, it doesn't matter the level. I take it it's another proud thing seeing them representing Scotland. It's huge. It's huge. You've got Andy Winters at 18s as well. Yep. You've got Jamie at 18s, but Jamie's now uh, a year younger, obviously, and went into the 19s squad. As you said, you've rhymed off the players there that have went away and played for the country. For me, Michael Devlin, great, fantastic. Uh, when Michael represented his country, the, the following week we played him here in a league match and Michael came in and presented me with his uh, Scotland top uh, that night, which I think is, is a great accolade from, from a kid that's come through your academy to uh, the first thing you think about, both I'm going to give that to the coach. And I think that's brilliant. Lewis Ferguson's a prime example uh, of a player that, that will that will at some point go and play international first team football he will at some point he's doing really well at Aberdeen I have loads of time for Lewis uh, he came through our system I have a close relationship with Lewis and Michael I have a close relationship with these guys and I always like to see them do well but you know Lewis Smith is doing well just now at the moment he's playing well on our first team as well and this is the bit that, 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 that people are maybe missing there's a lot of kids that will be playing for the 20, the 21s the 19s that are only playing first team football the difference is our kids are playing first team football Lewis Smith is playing first team football probably most of those kids won't be playing first team premiership football maybe maybe they're playing for championship clubs or whatever but I'm maybe talking about premiership football and I think that's a huge achievement Andy Winters has obviously scored in our cup run uh, and also came on against Rangers as well so we have a lot of players that are playing first team football that are young Jamie Hamilton's a prime example I think he's played 10 times yeah uh, and done very well in seven of them games. Three's been sent off. <laughs> but if you look at the sending offs, you know, you, you actually look at that and you'll see that, you know, maybe it's a bit harsh. Yeah. But these are things that will make them learn. These yeah. are things that will that will help the kids move on in life in the hope that they can bounce back for their mistakes. Uh, if you can call them mistakes, blips maybe. And the hope that they learn that and then hope it makes them a better player. 
so just coming to the end, two more points, George. What's the twenty twenty vision for you? Um, new decade. Uh, is there anything that needs changed? Is it a case of implementing new ideas, or is it a case of really just sticking to what we're really good at? Uh, no, we change. We change things. We always tweak it here and there. You know, we in, in the youth academy, it's 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 not about me. It's about we've got we, you know I think we've got the regional thirty five to forty people working on academy from our coaches to our sports science to our physios, to our club analysts. So we've got a lot of people that work in our environment and a lot of people that, 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 that try to make it better, a lot of people to try and make it successful. And all we can do is, is, is work really hard in trying to make it better and getting the people around about us to, to, to obviously help make that better. But I think there's nothing better than watching your kids progress from, from a very very young age, you know, from, from the younger coaches at eights and nines to tens to elevens, twelves, thirteens, fourteens. I think it's brilliant watching young kids. If they can come here and play with a smile on their face and the hope that they, they enjoy it. And if they don't enjoy it, then, you know, you've got to try and find out why they don't enjoy it. But what you've got to try and do is make sure you find that environment where they do enjoy it. And if it's not here and it goes to another club, that's great. That's great. As long as you try and, as I said, keep them involved in football as much as possible, then you've got a chance. And just lastly, George, obviously there'll be plenty of, I'm sure, parents, up-and-coming coaches, um, young players at any level listening to this, just with your wealth of experience. What bit of advice would you give them? Because this is a tough industry, but what, what bit of advice would you give them to stick in and keep doing what they what they believe they can achieve? I think it's important to when you when you start something, you believe that it's the right thing. And as long as you believe yourself that you, 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 you want to put the hard work in, because it is hard work. Uh, and don't get me wrong, you know, you know. Although I'm in here full time, I worked full time at Arnold Clark, and I worked during the day, and I worked weekends there, and I worked tirelessly at night as well here. You know, I used to come here four or five days a week from Claybank, uh, back and forth all the time, then got your full time job, and then come back in here. I think it's down to the individual. If the individual wants it, uh, then they've got a chance of achieving that and you've got to believe that you can achieve that and you've got to make sure that this is the right environment that you want to be in do you want to help young kids because that's that's more or less what we're doing is, is trying to help as many young kids as possible and trying to get them some sort of a career because don't get me wrong you know there's a lot of good things that happen in here but there's also a lot of things that you, you're having to let kids do and say you can't carry them forward or you know when you carry them forward preferably the, 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 the older age groups you know we're trying to keep them as young as possible and try and keep them playing all the time because they'll, they'll come through at different stages in life. You know, they could be the best player at under-12s but not as good at under-14s but they could be somebody at under-15s It's better. Than, you know, people will progress at different stages. You've just got to try and as much as possible encourage and if you're looking to try and work in that environment then the important thing for me is, is just work hard at that because I was able to achieve that and I think there's many more. There's got many more grassroots, coach, grassroots coaches out there that can offer so much more. Offer so much more. George, spot on. Thank you so much for your time. It's been great. Cheers. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast with Academy Director George Cairns. I hope it's given you more of an insight into our Youth Academy here at Hamilton. Please subscribe, share our podcasts, and until the next time...